asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking free family travel with Lynn Mettler. Right. Yeah. So Joel, you and I, we both have pretty big families and our youngest kids, they're, they're growing up. So we are finally at the stage where traveling with the entire family, it's becoming more of a possibility. Uh, so honestly, like we've got a vested interest in today's conversation with our guest, Lynn Mettler of Families Fly Free. She's got a site and a podcast. She's been featured on the Today Show on US News and World Report as a longtime travel journalist. And Lynn... She takes her own medicine as well. She and her family, they travel and they fly for free about six times every single year. doesn't sound like it's, it's even possible. <laughs> so we're excited to learn all of her secrets. Lynn, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, yeah. We're going to get a lot of secrets out of you today, Lynn. Are you okay, <laughs> okay. with that? Okay. All right. Let's go. <laughs> all right. Well, the first question we ask anyone who comes on the show is what their craft beer equivalent is. And what we mean by that, Matt and I, we spend more on craft beer than the average person would think is sane. Uh, but we do it joyfully because we really like a good beer now and again. But what is that in your life? Is there something that you spend more on? And, and, and most people would say, Lynn, that's crazy. Like, how do you how do you fit that into your budget? What is that for you? Gosh, um, I mean, a couple things. Definitely, like I'm a book lover, so I don't I don't limit my budget on book buying. Nice. That would be one area I think. But I think when it comes to travel, while we're going to be talking about how to fly for free, stay for free, all that good stuff today, what we found is when you learn how to do that, 
then you can splurge on other parts of your trip that you Ooh. might not have otherwise because you say you didn't pay anything to fly there and maybe yeah. you're staying for free. So you can do excursions or maybe you eat like at a fancy restaurant or you do a VIP tour at Disney, something like that, that you would never ever have done because you have the money to do it because you saved so much. So, right. yeah, so like sense. recently um, we were just in Paris. Yeah, give me an example. I want to hear yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and so like we did a private tour of the uh, castles of the Loire Valley because I'd always wanted to do that. That's a, been a Ooh. bucket list thing for me to see um, those beautiful French castles. And so that was an example because we on that trip, we covered our hotel and our flights. So I love it. No, I, I would totally do that. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't just be looking to cut back and eliminate that cost altogether. But how can I not only do this maybe for yeah a little more affordably, but then kind of come out maybe even but by yes. exposing myself to just a just a vastly superior a much uh, better trip overall experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. still coming out less than the average person spends for not as not as cool of a trip. I, yeah, exactly. That's exactly that. it. Yes, you can have a way better trip and still spend mm -hmm. less for it than you would on a very average trip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what is it that pushed you down this path to begin with? Because obviously you teach others now about how to fly for free. You've got a membership, the cohort that folks can join and we'll certainly point folks towards that at the end of the episode. But was it just a desire to travel more that led you down this path of, of learning all about flying for free? Well, I think I didn't even think travel was a possibility for us. So I really never gave that much thought. I was like, well, we just can't afford that. So maybe in our wildest dreams someday we'll be able to travel more. Um, hmm. But I was really a couponer. Um, so I think I have this you know, mindset of how much can I get for how little. And um, when I, as you said, I was a, a longtime travel journalist. And so I got pitched a story one day of this couple who was flying all over the world for free on frequent flyer miles, but what got me was they weren't earning those miles by paying for flights. And that was kind of a light bulb moment for me because my dad was a business traveler and I, I knew he earned frequent flyer miles flying Delta out of Atlanta, right? <laughs> um, but it was because he paid for those flights. And, and so they were doing, they were earning miles without paying for flights. So that's where I was like, well, that's interesting. Maybe I could, it's kind of like couponing. <laughs> you know, you're like collecting miles, just like you're collecting coupons. And you're but you're using them to pay for flights and what a much better return than saving 50 cents or whatever five dollars here or there on groceries mm -hmm. but I maybe I could figure out a way that we could fly on these miles and start to travel so then I just decided to to figure that out and um, you know it took me a couple of years to to kind of narrow down a process that worked for us that wasn't crazy time consuming or overwhelming. And and then we started this flying six times a year for free, wherever we wanted in the US and the Caribbean and Europe. And so I just decided I need to tell other people how to do this, this process that I figured out. It's pretty simple and it works, you know? Yeah. Well, and let's be honest, uh epic trips six awesome trips a year that's way better than like discounted ketchup <laughs> that, the, the, so much better the reward <laughs> the the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow is just so much richer the, the zeros at the end of the number right. uh, when it comes to the savings is are, are much more yeah, yeah. <laughs> alright Lynn how many kids do you have and please tell us like where where have you guys been able to travel thanks to these reward points and yeah I don't know I'm just curious how far has this gotten you so I have two boys and they are now um, 15 and 19. So I have one in college. So they're they're starting to kind of get to the age where they're less interested in traveling. So I always encourage people to 
to do it while your kids are at home. Hmm. Um, make those memories while you, um, you know, are all there together and they still want to go and they're not, you know, just want to hang out with their friends all the time. Before there's attitude. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Or they have to get off their devices to when they're driving and looking at something beautiful. Gosh darn it. You know, Oh man, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, but so I would say, I mean, if we're, we've been doing this for, I guess, eight years now. Um, and I think we've already flown six times this year. I think this might be a record breaking year for us. Um, you know, the one we first kind of figured out how to do this for free around the U.S. And then we branched out and did uh, Grand Cayman. That was our first trip to the Caribbean. And we've done a lot of like national parks. We love Disney, so we go there frequently. We love the Rocky Mountains. Um, so we love to go to Colorado, we went to California, love Utah. There's so many great places in the United States to see. Um, uh, but I had always wanted to go to Europe and I had been once, but my family had never been. And again, I just thought, well, this is not something we'll ever be able to do. Like I would read Under the Tuscan Sun and just be like, Oh, I'm never going to get to see Tuscany, you know? <laughs> but so we did this for a couple of years and then I figured out, how, okay, how we could make this work for Europe. And we took all of us um, to Europe and we did, you know, Paris and we did um, Italy and we got to see, you know, like show the kids. They got to see the Mona Lisa and they got to see the Statue of David and they, you know, all these things that they're learning about in school. I just thought it was amazing that they actually got to see them firsthand. Um, That's pretty and, cool. We bored them a little bit. Like we stayed over there for three weeks and they got tired of looking at churches. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was it was certainly an amazing trip. And then we've kind of realized that we can now go back to Europe like once a year, once every other year with our system of collecting miles. I love it. Well, okay, so before we kind of dive into the logistics of flying for free, Lynn, what do you tell folks just like right out of the gate about using credit cards and, and, and how these strategies can impact their credit? Because Yes, if you're if you're only focusing on just the end goal of traveling, it's like, oh, well, if that's the prize, if that's the goal, then I'm going to do whatever it takes. But of course, we are holistic uh, individuals like we take a holistic approach when it comes to your money. You want to make sure that you are handling your, your personal finances as well. So I'm curious because just a lot of the, the strategies involve using some of the different cards. How do you approach that balance of taking care of your credit while also trying to reap some of the rewards that you can get from those cards? Well, first of all, the way my process of doing this involves just a couple of credit cards. So I'm sort of anti have a wallet full of cards and constantly be opening cards to get the bonus on it that there seems to be a prevailing wisdom out there that that's how you do travel rewards. And you don't have to do it that way. It's a lot harder that way. And you get confused with what you owe on what card and all these annual mm -hmm. fees, and then you can get into trouble, right? So um, so we've mapped it out. It really comes down to understanding the right cards to put your day-to-day -day spending on. That's the key versus let me constantly be getting a new card and meeting the minimum spend and getting a big bonus. But of course, we always encourage people to be responsible with credit cards. Um, I've been in credit card debt myself, so I know what that's like and trying to get out of that. So we don't want you to do this if um, you know yourself and you you know can't pay that balance off. What I always recommend to people is, you know, if you're using it for your everyday spending, so you're charging your groceries, then I like to just go in and pay that the next day because then there's no difference in me using my debit card and having those groceries come out immediately than there is for me using the credit card where I'm going to pay it right off the next day. It still came out of my checking account. So 
covered. I'm not stuck with a bill at the end of the month that I don't have enough money in the bank to cover. And I know you guys aren't 100% fans of Dave Ramsey and his, you know, um, all of his recommendations. And I just, I hate that there's this, again, prevailing wisdom out there that credit cards are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and we need to realize credit cards are just neutral. <laughs> That's how we use it's just them. Just a tool, exactly, yeah. That's good or bad. So if we can use them for good and we can understand how to use them for good and how to use them responsibly, um, man, you can save a lot, you know? So I just wish there wasn't just this blanket statement, we should never use a credit card ever. You know, certainly we don't want to be in debt. And of course you want to get yourself out of credit card debt first before you would engage in anything like this. But yeah, I just think that as a society, we need to re-examine that statement. Yeah. Okay. So Matt and I, we talk about travel cards sometimes. Sometimes we talk about cash back cards. I guess you mentioned, oh, shopping at the grocery store. And we like the Amex Blue Cash Preferred shopping at the grocery store, the 6% back. And it's it's a straight up cash back sort of play. But uh, you, you are all about the travel. That is the thing you're going for. So I don't know. Tell us, are we being short-sighted using something like cash back rewards cards some of the time? Should we be using travel cards all the time to buy everything? Well, that's my recommendation um, if you're interested in traveling. You know, if you're not interested in traveling, of course, then go for the cash, best cash back that you can get. But I, like I was just interviewing one of my members, um, she's on the pod, my podcast this week, and she's a, you know, five person. And um, she was saying she'd always used her city double cash and she thought she was doing really great. And, you know, maybe she ended up with a thousand, two thousand dollars at the end of the year cash back. But now she saved on trips they would never have taken or even known how to do Hmm. um, and how those two don't even compare. So (laughs) really the way I teach it is, so you don't have to like, again, have a wallet of cards and be like, okay, I use this card for gas and I use this card for groceries and I use this card for dining, you know what I mean? It's designed to be simple. And so if you can pick one or two cards that you just use for your everyday spending, Um, I think that just simplifies it for a lot of people. And then you just are constantly accumulating miles. And certainly, you know, you could, if you could get a bonus on a card with a bunch of travel miles, that's going to be better than 2% cash back, of course. But, you know, and it's just sort of personal preference. Like if you are going to get more value out of 6% on your Amex blue cash on groceries and you want to do that, we'll do that, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But if you want to just keep it simple and just be like, well, I'm going to pick between these two cards and just use that for everything. That's generally what we're advising to to do. Because people are busy, you know. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's why I like the simple (laughs) aspect. Doesn't necessarily need to be a part-time job. Sure. Uh, And so you kind of tease to the the sign-up bonuses and uh, definitely want to ask you some more about that here in a bit. But so can you just basically or quickly kind of outline? It sounds like you've kind of, you've got this very simplified three-card method what cards are are you using and and how are you able to use the cards and specifically those points to allow you to travel for free? The beginning of my process um, focuses on Southwest Airlines um, because they have the best program, loyalty program, to allow you to fly as many places as you want and bring your whole family with you. It's the simplest and you get the most value out of it. So we teach people how to first earn the Southwest Companion Pass. Um, And you can do that by applying for two Southwest cards. So that's really one and two. Um, And the Southwest Companion Pass, 
allows you to bring one person with you on any Southwest flight you take while you hold this pass for free, free airfare, you pay the $5.60 security fee that none of us can get around. So $11.20. So we caught you, you, Lynn. It's not totally free, I is to, it? I know. I, I can't <laughs> tell you how many times I hear that, so I have to make sure I say the there is a security fee. It's The airfare is free, but you have to pay the security fee. Then. Yeah. Um, but you know, whatever, I'll pay 11 bucks any day for a flight. Sure. So, um, so that person can fly as many times as you want to fly while you hold the pass and the pass is good from the time you earn it until the end of the following year. So, uh, we try to get our people on a system so they have it for almost two full years at a time because Southwest kind of the way they word it, they want to tell you, you need to be re-earning it every year. It's kind of funny how they word it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, I have one this year, but I need to be re-earning the points again for next year's, which is not how you want to do it. No, it's yeah. Technically, you can. So, I mean, it's a it's a two year benefit, right? So, whatever year you earn it, you have it for the remainder of that year. But then the following year exactly. as well. It's funny. Well, the worst thing, case scenario is you get yep. it in November, December, and then you don't get that two year yeah. mark. Yeah. Well, and even like I, there's a lot of discussion out there about that. Like, well, I I only want to get it if I can have it for almost two full years, and that is the ideal, and we get you on that. But like, if let's just say it's September, and you if you could get this pass in November, you'd have a free flight in December. Well, get it because if that's going to save you the cost of that flight, you're going to yeah. have it the yeah. following year yeah. and then we'll get you on our system to always have it for two mm-hmm. years kind of a deal. So we start with that because there's no better deal going than eliminating the cost of one member of your family completely in points. You don't pay any points for them and in dollars. Um, and then we show you Southwest, there's just a lot of tricks you can play with them to pay fewer points per flight just the the way that their system is laid out you know inevitably like on a delta or an american or a united you're probably going to end up paying around 20 25,000 miles round trip if it's beyond driving distance you might okay. be able to find a better deal here and there but for the most part that's what you're looking at i mean southwest now not always not during super busy times but i mean we regularly fly for I, we just saw people get 3000 point round trip flights in october when they no, it was oh, yeah. not in October. It was just a couple months ago when they had a sale. It was I June. jumped on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think I got round trip to New York City from Atlanta for, I want to say, 5,600 points or something like that. Not bad. Exactly. So, like, how many? You could take five of those for 25,000 points that you would likely pay on another airline. Hmm. So you get way more trips in, you're eliminating the cost of one person. And like we, you know, Southwest always has where if you book them in points, really if you book in, in cash too, but, and the price goes down, you can rebook that flight at no cost and get the difference put back in your account. So with cash, you would get a credit, which we don't love. So we always teach people to book Southwest in points. Um, but if you're booking in points and so like we save tens of thousands of points just checking to see if the price has gone down after we book it Wow! Um, and getting points put back in our account because there's they charge no change fees they charge no cancel fees so you can even like like your flight from atlanta to new york you could have grabbed that not sure if you would take it or not and if you ended up not taking it you just cancel it and points hmm. go right back in your account 
That's know? one of the one of the benefits with Southwest because I mean, and I've seen you talk about this as well. Uh, and specifically, I guess kind of going back to the Companion Pass, but we're kind of comparing Southwest to Delta and some of the other carriers. Like, yeah, you can get a Companion Pass with Delta, but it is far inferior to, to far the, inferior. the offerings that uh, <laughs> that that Southwest. Can you kind of talk about that and some of the other advantages that Southwest has over the other airlines? Yes, and I have a whole podcast on just that: the difference between Southwest Companion Pass and Delta and Alaska's um, because I so many people go, oh, but Delta has a companion pass. Yeah, so Delta's is one time only and um, you have to pay for your seat in dollars. Mm-hmm. Whereas, and then you can add your companion for free. Whereas on Southwest, you can pay for your seat in points and add your companion for free. And that's what we teach you how to do. Um, An unlimited number of times. Right. <laughs> Unlimited Basically, number of times, yes. Until, until that thing runs out, which is incredible. I mean, and, and that's obviously one of the benefits of points as well is that they never expire. Um, I will mention, I'm more of a travel points kind of noob, and I only realized this recently, but for some reason, I thought that you had to, like, quote unquote, spend your points in order to uh, receive the companion pass. But it's not right. about how many points you actually have in your account. It's about how many points you've earned over that period of time. And you can still use those points to book your own travel. It's just that they go towards, at this point now, it's 135,000 points in order to, to score that companion passes. Is that, am I understanding it correctly? Right. Yeah. So, and that is a common thing that a lot of people think when they're first learning about this. So you, you have to collect 135,000 points within one calendar year. So a lot of people mess that up too, between January 1st and December 31st. Otherwise, the number of qualifying points you have starts at zero again on, G- on January 1st the next mm-hmm. year. So, but you just, it's just about, you said the collecting, you just gotta collect them. It's not about spending. So as soon as they are collected, they count toward your companion pass and then you can use them to book flights and that doesn't mean you lose their qualifications toward companion pass either. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's like a double bonus. So you're collecting yeah, 135,000 yep. points, you get a companion pass to bring someone free, and then you use your 135,000 points to book everybody else in your family. And then there's so many ways to stretch those 135,000 points across many, many flights. You could choose to like fly to Hawaii over Christmas and that probably will take the whole 135,000. Or you can like what we did at the beginning um, in particular is we just looked for where is it cheap to fly to from Indianapolis that we haven't been that we'd Mm -hmm. like to see. And so that's how we started. We're like, well, kids haven't seen New York City. Let's go out there. Kids haven't seen the Rocky Mountains. Let's go out there. We've never been to Disneyland. We did that. Um, And so that's a way to save, too, is just by picking places that are cheap. Yes. I love that too. Letting the deal drive the destination, whether you're paying in dollars or points is a really good way to think about it. Instead of being like, oh man, I got to get here during this date, uh, this, this specific time period. Well, if you can be a little more flexible about where you're going, like, yeah, I'll take any of these cool 10 destinations. You're going to, in all likelihood, be able to, to pay less, whether it's yeah, points or dollars. But uh, Lynn, we've got more questions we want to get to with you. We, we want to go even beyond Southwest because they're great. But what if you want to go to Europe like you just did? We'll talk about that. We'll talk about sign-up bonuses, all that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll get to more with Lynn right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. 
They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Kachava is the all in one superfood shake made up of high quality plant based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Kachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Kachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Kachava. Just go to Kachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money all right we are back from the break talking with lynn mettler of families fly free and lynn so correct me if i'm wrong but it sounded like Maybe you have a three-pronged approach when it comes to flying for free. Uh, is Do you count multiple Southwest cards as one of those prongs, or do multiple cards count as part of that three-card approach? Uh, can you basically explain to us the rest of, <laughs> the rest of your approach yeah. for keeping things simple as families are trying to get their families' places for free? Right. So, yeah, I count those um, two cards. Those are okay. first two. Um, and then, then the, the next part is really just picking the right card for your travel goals, picking a flexible travel card to focus on. And this is where I think a lot of people mess up. So many people come to me and they're putting all their spending on an airline card. Pick your airline, doesn't matter. Could be Southwest too. Um, and the problem with that is you're earning a point only in that currency. So you can only use it with Delta or you can only use it with Southwest. Um, and mostly on those cards, you're 
you don't earn very many points per dollar in most categories of spending. So you're gonna earn more when you buy something with Delta, but the whole idea here is for you to not have to buy anything with Deltas. Right. <laughs> so that right. shouldn't help you. <laughs> um, so we recommend picking a flexible travel card. So like I really like Chase Sapphire Preferred. I also like Capital One Venture X. Both of those systems, the Chase Ultimate Rewards and the um, Capital One Venture system work very well. And so you are gonna accumulate more points per dollar in different categories of spending. Capital One system gives you two points per dollar on everything, which is nice and simple. It's just a flat two points. Um, whereas Chase Sapphire Preferred, you're gonna get two points per dollar on travel, three points per dollar on dining and some other categories. So um, you're getting more points per dollar and you're getting a flexible point that you can use wherever you need it. So the Chase system is great in working with Southwest. So if you wanna, if you need more Southwest points, you just accumulate them over in Chase and then you move them over to Southwest. You know, you can move your points to um, United. You can move it to um, get free hotel stays at Hyatt and Marriott and um, the Intercontinental Hotels Group. But um, better yet, you can use, they have their own travel portal. So just like booking on an Expedia or something like that you can go in and use your points to book almost any airline and almost any hotel within their system. And so that makes things infinitely simple. So, mm -hmm. you know, versus like trying to fly to Europe and collect Singapore Airlines miles and then use those miles to book in United because it's cost you less. And then you have to look for an award seat and you, you hope that it pops up on a flight that you want to take, you All know. Right. I, that's not my jam. So um, <laughs> I am looking for simple, I can go in these systems, I can book, if I wanna book a first class flight with my points, I can do that. If I wanna book the nonstop, I can do it. If I wanna mm -hmm. find a cheaper one, that's an option too. Um, and Capital One works very similarly and um, it's even more flexible in that you can book directly with the airline. So I could, that's what we did with our Europe trip is um, we booked a flight directly with Delta. We paid for it with that card. And then they have a way you can use your points to erase or pay for, if you will, that charge. Nice. Well, I, I think you, your approach is great because it does keep it simple. And I think that's what keeps a lot of folks from kind of going down the path of trying to find ways yes. to utilize these points and these miles in order to travel for free because it seems so daunting and overwhelming. Uh, but you mentioned, I, I love your approach, how your third card is either the Chase Sapphire Preferred or the Capital One Venture X to kind of fill in all the little nooks and crannies after you are maybe knocking out the bulk of your spending with the, the Southwest cards. What, uh, what specific Southwest cards, by the way, are you liking these days? Is it the plus one or I forget the names of the cards, but uh, do you have a recommendation there? Yeah, so they have um, business cards. There's two business cards and then they have, I just call them personal cards to differentiate them from business cards, but there's three personal cards. So, and here's the thing with travel credit cards is, um, yes, we do, this keeps it really simple, but there's still all kind of rules and that you have to know about how often you can get cards and um, you know how many cards Chase will let you have and how much time you need to leave before applying for another one, that kind of stuff. So for example, um, Southwest has the three personal cards. You can hold only one of those cards at a time and you can get the bonus on those once every 24 months. Um, so you're limited to one there. So there are three uh, and we recommend either um, the one with the cheapest annual fee which is $69. So if you're looking to 
um, not outlet, you know, outlay as little as possible to do this. That would be the best option, but it has really no perks with it. Or the most expensive one, which is the priority, and that one's 149 annual fee, but it comes with a lot of great perks. So on Southwest, the um, downside of flying them is they don't give you your seating assignment in advance. So we have all kinds of ways we teach you to, to mitigate that. But so the perks that you get primarily with this priority card give you like earlier boarding orders, which mean you can pick your seat sooner or um, it checks you in earlier, which also gives you an early boarding order. So if seating is important to you, you might want to opt for the one with the perks. Um, and if you don't care about that, then we tell people go with the, the cheap one. The middle one, there's really no benefit to having it. You pay a higher annual fee and you really don't, you get no international transaction fees. What gotcha. do you do? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Talk about talk about um, sign up bonuses versus getting rewarded based on just the spending you're doing day in and day out. And there's so much chatter, so much excitement, so much of the time about oh the sign up bonus, the sixty thousand or the seventy five thousand, or even more sometimes points or whatever that I'm getting when I actually get the credit card and meet that initial spending threshold. How important is that versus just the regular spending you're doing every day, day in, day out, and sticking it on those cards? So it's, you know, it's a combination of the two. So I don't want to say we aren't, aren't ever going for the card bonuses because you do need to do that um, from time to time, but we really limit it. We don't the industry term is churning, which we don't recommend at all. <laughs> so that means constantly opening, closing, opening, closing. So you do want to get as big a bonus as you can, of course, when you're first opening these cards. You know, that's, you might as well rack up as many points as you can. Um, and that really comes into play when you're earning the companion pass. Um, if you can get two card bonuses, then you're close to or all the way to the 135,000 points you need companion pass done, you know, and you got 135,000 points to start you off. And then you want to get a bonus on whatever your uh, everyday spending card ends up being. And, you know, some people like the Amex system. That would be another example. Or City, they have a flexible travel system. But after that, you can just focus on continuing to put your everyday spending on this flexible card, or some people work with two cards, you know, it just depends on what you're up for. And we have found, so, you know, I've been doing this with my membership for, uh, we're on three years now. And so we've had hundreds of members go through this. When you follow this system, I mean, we have people saving 5,000, 8,000, 10,000, $12,000 on travel just by doing this. Mm -hmm. So it absolutely can be done without continuing to add a bonus. And, you know, another thing that's part of my system is you do need, we do recommend you always have a companion pass. So that means two years in the future, you're going to need to get another one. And then you're going to get another chunk of 135,000 points. So that helps mm -hmm. too, you know, like keeps replenishing yeah. your balance on top of your everyday spending. Is, so, okay. So is that a good reason? So let's say you've got a partner, uh, a spouse. Is this a good argument then for not adding them as an authorized user to that card and instead having them apply for that, say that uh, Southwest card two years off into the future? So, yeah, so one thing we tell all of our people is um, not to add spouses as authorized users. Now, that doesn't prevent your partner or com traveling companion, spouse, whatever, from getting that card themselves. So even if you didn't know this and they're already an authorized user on your card, that's okay. They can still get their own version of that card. But 
going forward, we don't recommend doing that because I don't think there's any need these days for that. Like okay. unless you physically need to have the card and almost everywhere now takes Google Pay or Apple Pay and you can just add it to your partner's Apple Pay and pay for it that way if you need mm. to use that card. To, um, to have an actual separate device that allows you to make purchases in person. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like if you need to put it on that card and you don't yeah. physically have two of that card because that person's not an authorized user, that's a way around it. Um, but again, like for Southwest, we're not recommending you're putting your everyday spending on that. You just meet your minimum spend and then you move on from that card. Occasionally, like if you really needed to have your everyday spending card, both of you need to have that, that would be the one to do it on that one everyday spending card, your flexible travel card. If you just, I don't I don't know, Kroger doesn't have Apple Pay where I live, for example. Okay. I don't know why, get with it, Kroger. <laughs> um, but you know, that would be an example where you might both need to have the card. But the, the reason for this is uh, we deal a lot in the Chase system and Chase limits you to five, they won't approve you for any Chase cards if you've opened five cards of any type in the last 24 months. So we see a lot of people, you know, that have opened, you know, Kohl's or Home Depot or Old Navy that when you get sucked in at the checkout and they're like, mm -hmm. open a card today and you get 15% off or whatever. Um, <laughs> the, the worst cards you can get, basically. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. But everyone makes that mistake at some point. So you'll now you know now not to do that. But that counts as one of your five. Basically, it's limiting your ability to get travel cards down the road. Um, and so being an authorized user counts as one of those five. Yeah. So that's why you want to be careful with that. You just don't want to limit yourself in any way if it's not needed. Kind of like a real estate investor not having, you know, too many loans. Uh, if you get husband and wife together, two people living in the same household, it limits your ability to get mortgages. It's, yeah, getting complex here. Yep. But okay, yep. tell me this, Lynn. I want to know about business credit cards because that is, you mentioned Southwest has some business credit cards. And individuals can sometimes get business credit cards. Uh, are those something that people should be pursuing uh, instead of just personal cards? Is it a little bit of both, or how do you how do you recommend people use some of those those business cards specifically to help them achieve these travel goals? Yeah, I absolutely recommend um, business cards, and and realize they're small business cards. So I think a lot of people hear business card and they think, well, I don't have a corporation or I don't have an LLC, so I don't I for sure don't qualify. For for that and they just don't even think about it ever again. And really all that means is that you have any kind of side income that's not salaried income. So, you know, that literally can, it could be having real estate for sure. I see a lot of people miss that or, you know, owning a vacation rental or, you know, it can be walking dogs. It can be selling things on eBay. I mean, we have families who, before they go to Disney, they have a garage sale and sell their toys that they're not using anymore. And they use that to help fund, you know, maybe buy souvenirs or whatever, fund their Disney trip. That's a legit side income that would qualify for a small business. So I doesn't seem like a quote unquote Wall Street business. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yes, it but doesn't have to be. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's the whole thing. And so if you don't open your mind to that, you miss out on a lot of potential travel savings because a lot of those cards have the better offers. And so and we do with the companion pass want to pair two cards and you can only get one personal card. So you do need to be open to to getting a small business card. They they are sometimes a little bit more strict on their approvals and so they will they might decline you more often, but not for a reason like something's wrong with your credit. 
I've just found that they tend, Chase in particular, I think does like a random check. And I think they just randomly decline a third of people. And then they have you submit this paperwork and there's an easy way around. It's not around it, but to satisfy that requirement, basically. Mm-hmm. Then you're approved and then you move on. And so we, everyone that we help get the small business card has been able to get it unless there would be some other like a credit issue or something like that, or they're outside the 524 or something, something to that effect. Yeah, that's sometimes the case. Oftentimes that's the case. And yet another reason why you need to be taking care of, taking care of your credit score to make sure you can apply for some of these better offerings that are out there. But awesome. I'm glad that we've covered some of these specific cards. Uh, We'll make sure to list some of these out for folks. I I feel like we've talked through a lot of details (laughs) regarding some of the different business cards, the different Southwest cards, but this is a great approach, Lynn. I want to talk specifically about a destination, (laughs) Disney specifically, because there have been a lot of reports of just these record low crowds uh, at, at Disney lately. seems like demand is down. Because of that, have you seen any deals at either of the, the Disney resorts? Basically, I'm, I'm wondering if now is a good time to book because you were talking earlier about, you know, we're talking like the golden rule of travel, right? Letting the deal drive the destination. How closely do you follow different trends like this that you are seeing in particular when it comes to a place like Disney? Well, I follow Disney very closely um, because I personally love Disney and it's someplace, again, my family likes to go. And I would say probably a third of our members are are interested in Disney. And I actually just, um, to my email list, but um, created a product uh, that shows you how to do Disney for free using travel rewards. So I took the, the same approach I've done with travel rewards overall, a overwhelming, sometimes complicated lots of information and dialed it into a simple process. I've kind of done the same thing for Disney. So um, Disney, you know, I have seen these things about crowds are down. I mean, it's the middle of summer there. It's horrible. <laughs> I mean, I would never. It's hot, as Joel knows. He, he, I was he, just there. He, he spent back in weeks down in Orlando uh, while his house was getting worked on. So yeah, June, June, July in <laughs> in Orlando is not the best. No, and I we have never gone during that time period because we lived in South Carolina for a minute and boy, the heat. Um, so yeah, we avoided it. So I think a lot of people do avoid it at this time of year because of that. And it's become where Disney is more popular, like almost every other time of year. Like we've been, I feel like in every other month, but summer and there's just always packed. So I don't really, in my personal opinion, think there's gonna be a downturn at Disney, but we'll see. They are offering deals right now to book directly at the resorts. You can get like 25 to 35% off. I think it's, uh, there's some like late summer deals and then there's some like October through December deals right now. But you can actually um, book Disney resorts. You can book off property. You can book vacation rentals. You can use travel rewards to do all of that. Um, It literally is possible to do Disney for free. Now, um, from start to finish, whether you'd wanna do that, you might wanna use your travel rewards in other ways. Like I like to really focus on making sure all of our flights are for free. And then if we can get some free hotel stays um, on top of that, we'll do some of that. Um, but if you're a family who just wants to plan this amazing Disney vacation, you know, um, you could literally do it. For, you can even get your dining free. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> so, can you get entrance into the park for free too? Yes, you can. Okay. Um, Tell me so, about that. Yeah. So if you, you can use, um, you know, a card that like the Capital One system, that basically the way it works is it lets you use the miles that you've collected over there to pay for any travel expense. 
So if you can get the park tickets to, this is a little bit in the details too, so sorry, but to categorize like the merchant category to be travel, normally if you buy direct from Disney, it's entertainment. That's how it comes up. Mm -hmm. But if you buy through a travel agent or a site like Undercover Tourist, um, that will categorize as as travel. travel. Mm -hmm. And so then you can get your points to count towards those purchases. Exactly. Effectively erasing it. Oh, Oh, that's super cool. That's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of little tips and tricks and hacks at Disney, even you know, on how to say, like I just was did a webinar on, most people think about like, how do I cobble together all these little discounts? Well, you can do that. I mean, the big ones, like, oh, free water. You can go anywhere and get free water at Disney, right? <laughs> um, you can do that or you can learn how to just cover the whole thing in its entirety with travel rewards, which just pales in comparison. Cause like I, the average cost right now to go to Disney is on the cheap end, 4,800 on the expensive end this for a family for $10,000. Wow, easily. Yeah. So that's a I, huge savings. It's like couponing for ketchup versus doing travel <laughs> rewards in general. Again, right? there are way more zeros at the end <laughs> yeah. of that Disney trip than uh, yeah. Disney cookies. Yeah. <laughs> and it does get more store. and more expensive. So the need to figure out a way to make it doable is, is becoming more and more important, you know? Sure. That's right. Yeah. Well, okay. So we're going to, we've got a few more questions for you specifically regarding, I guess, some of the other ways that folks can vacation other places that they might want to fly to. And we will get to those questions right after this break. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Cachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Cachava really earns their 52,000-plus five-star reviews. It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using Cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to Cachava dot com slash how to money that's spelled k-a-c-h-a-v-a and get 10 percent off your first order that's k-a-c-h-a-v-a dot com slash how to money i'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans we always like to get the families together matt for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer we've already got that trip to saint simon's on the calendar pump for that but sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. All right, we're back from the break. We're still talking with Lynn Mettler about family travel for free. And uh, Lynn, Matt and I, we were just remarking the other day about this new cruise ship that just launched. I don't know if you saw it. It's called Icon of the Seas. It's got <laughs> 20 decks, uh, something. I mean, it looks like a city floating on the water. Mm. It's looks like a Disney theme park, like <laughs> smushed onto a boat. Basically, <laughs> basically. It, it's kind of preposterous. But uh, speaking, when we saw that, we were like, well, well let's ask Lynn about getting a deal on a cruise or or cruising for free. I know a lot of people, you specialize in flying, hotel stays, stuff like that. But what about cruises? Like, Do you have any tips for people who want to get out on the water and yeah, well, that's the way they prefer to travel? So I'm not a cruiser, but a lot of my followers are. Um, and so we do talk about cruising. There aren't a ton of great ways to save on a cruise. You can kind of use my trick there on Disney to pay for a cruise um, and use a card like that that erases travel purchases that would be a way that you could go at it you know and there's other things about like certain times of year that are better to book cruises than others but disney cruises are very expensive um, as well but but popular so uh, cruising isn't my favorite thing to do it's nice in that you get to see a lot of places in a short amount of time but i don't know we like more of the um I, we like about every other kind of trip except for, except for a cruise. That's our <laughs> not, one thing that we don't. Not like. Lynn's cup of tea. I've never. I've never done a cruise. Yeah, I've yeah, never either. But I've, it's good I, people I like watching. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be. You know, I'm only partial. There's a couple I'd love to do. I want to do an Alaskan cruise someday because I hear yeah. you can get views of Alaska that you can't get from the from the mainland. But for the most part, I'm not interested either. Yeah, well, a European river cruise. That that one's also would be of interest to me. Haven't done that yet, but I think that would be good. On a small boat. So, okay, so we're talking about cruises. Are there some other, from a trends standpoint, have you seen or noticed deals when it comes to different destinations? Like, for instance, seeing some different headlines as well, as far as more folks going to Europe. Everyone's done the local U.S. thing after the pandemic. Everyone's got their road trips in. They've seen all the national parks. Is travel to Europe more expensive? Is it more affordable now to go down to the Caribbean? Have you noticed anything like that? Well, I mean, Europe prices are through the roof right now. So the average flight to Europe is $1,200. And, um, you know, it's, we were just in Paris, um, but it's definitely, it's bursting at the seams in places like Rome and Venice and Paris and all of that. Like, I think everyone this summer went international. (laughs) So I keep reading stories about Airbnb suffering because they're not having as many bookings because everyone's overseas right now. You know, national parks have been, you know, continually at capacity. We have started to avoid those now because you have to have so many reservations. And even when you go, Hmm. like I feel like we're on hikes and we're like backing up against rocks to let people through. And that's not what you want 
the whole idea is to be out in nature and get away. Um, so I'm kind of ready for pe- that to kind of slow down, <laughs> you know, people to get over hitting all these major national parks. But I mean, in terms of deals, I try to look at where is everybody not going right now? So like I always talk about spring break because everyone wants to go to Florida or the Caribbean because I live in Indiana. It gets cold here. We've about had it by January, you know, <laughs> um, but we try and we, so we're like, please, we need to get somewhere warm. But what, what we've done in the past, like it's just expensive to go anywhere in Florida or anything over spring break is like one year we went, we went to Utah and we did hike, um, you know, Zion and Bryce Canyon uh, because nice. it was warm enough there that we could do it. And then there was nobody there. So if you can kind of take that approach of um, going where everybody else is not thinking of going, that's a way you can score, you know, some better deals. Okay. Is it possible to get deals on Airbnbs, like to pay little to nothing for an Airbnb stay? And it seems like it's easier for hotels because you can book them through something like the Capital One or Chase Portal, or, you know, they even have hotel specific cards like the the Inter- Intercontinental Hotel Group Premier Card or something like that, which can be pretty rewarding. But so, so it seems like it's easier to get free hotel stays, but what about staying free at Airbnb? Is that possible? So you can you can use again that the trick of- The it, travel expense mm-hmm. eraser. Okay. But you have okay. to be very Man. careful over there because I think Airbnb codes as travel. And traditionally like Verbo and some of the others did not now just I had a um, one of my team members, she booked a Verbo in the last couple months and hers did categorize as travel, but so you just kind of never know for sure how that's gonna yeah. categorize. Airbnb seems to be a safe one that you can nice. do. Um, but, and, and also when it comes to hotel stays, like flying free is the easiest of it all. You can just fly a whole lot more places for free than you will ever be able to stay for free. So when I have people that, like, I don't want people to think they're always going to be able to stay for free. You should be able to get some free hotel stays, but not always. And and like in Families Fly Free, we try to teach people not just how to get flights free and stay free, but how to save on the whole trip. Because even if we can fly free six times a year, there's a lot of other expenses that come with that, like car mm-hmm. rentals and eating out and the activities. So we we try to show people, here's how to get the best deal on a car rental. And or we talk about renting other people's timeshares um, as a good option where you're out of pocket, oh, nice. but it's very cheap. Um, so that could be an alternative to booking in points at a hotel. And you get, you know, the space of a vacation rental, you know. Can I sure. can I ask where you would book somebody's timeshare? Would that be like through vacation.com or something like that? Well, um, you can do that. The better thing to do is if you can find someone to work direct with. So like we let our members, we have a lot of timeshare members in there like with Wyndham and Marriott and Disney Vacation Club, which I'm a member of too. Um, and so if you can work direct with someone, you cut out the middleman because they're going to take their cut, right? Sure. So um, like Koala is a site. Um, I'm trying to think what the other, there's another big one out there that you can do timeshares, but it's more expensive that way because they're taking their middleman cut. So if you can, there's like Facebook groups and some different ways, or if you just know someone um, that you can work directly with, that's a way you can really score a deal. Again, you can't Mm. use points for that one, (laughs) but it'll be cheap, you know. (laughs) No, that's great. Yeah, again, just another way to kind of think outside the box and avoid doing whatever it is that everybody else is doing, whether that's the destination like Europe, certainly avoid that right now, but also when it comes to maybe your lodging, uh, wherever it is that you're looking to stay. But Lynn, one last question here for you. Like, what do you think are 
some of the just like honestly the biggest mistakes that folks make when they are trying to travel for free right so this isn't just the folks who are out there just saying okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on vacation I'm gonna book it but folks who are actually trying to do it on the cheap folks who are trying to find find those different deals what mistakes are those folks making and and how is it they can avoid those pitfalls well when it comes to travel rewards I think people learn about this concept and they're like oh my gosh this is amazing like I did this same thing right and so you're like you see all these card offers out there and they have a limited time like and i got sucked into like an american airlines one right but i had no plan for how i was going to use those miles didn't know anything about it i was like oh that's that's it's that's high bonus and it's going away and so i think the mistake is not having a plan right you need to figure out where you want to go and and how what how many points and in what system do you need to get there and then you can decide okay then what cards do i want to add into the system because that's how you end up with all these extra cards that you that get overwhelming and confusing you know is um when you're just don't have a strategy right you're just randomly taking offers so i think that's a big one and the other one that i would tell everyone to make sure you're not doing is um is putting all your spending on an airline card. I just see that one over and over and over and over again. And just that little shift to a flexible card can make a huge difference um, in your ability to, you know, be a lot more flexible and earn a whole lot more points. Lynn, that's awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for all the advice and the tips today. We really appreciate it. How can uh, How Do Money listeners find out more about you and what you're up to? Sure. So um, you can go to familiesflyfree.com and um, pretty much everywhere on social media, we are just families fly free. So I'm um, particularly on Instagram and YouTube. Those are probably my top two places if you want to check us out there. Awesome. We will make sure to link to that and all that you've got to offer, Lynn. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you. Appreciate it. And we appreciate Lynn, don't we, Joel? Yes, we do. Uh, My man. goodness. So, a lot of good I, info. I feel like Lynn was able to put into perspective uh, travel rewards and traveling for free in a way that we in a way that we quite haven't been able to decipher maybe from previous guests. Uh, and so my big takeaway is going to be just kind of how she boiled it all down to a very simple approach. And she kind of, I guess, hit on it again there at the end as far as sort of the biggest pitfall to avoid is that people start chasing some of these rewards without a plan, right? Yeah. Without a system. And she actually said to kind of choose... Makes you think of like someone running at three mile race or something like that if you go all out in the first two miles sorry it doesn't matter how big of a lead you built up <laughs> if you're exhausted then then you, you you're, in, gonna, you're gonna lose or in reality if you don't even know that you're running a 5k yeah. but it turns out oh shoot this is a marathon yeah it's a, it's a completely different approach and and she said to kind of figure out where it is that you want to fly but you don't always know i guess where it, it is that you're going to fly and you don't always know where the deals are going to be but then she followed that up with find a system figure out a system that's going to work for you and that's i think what's so great about how she approaches this and to specifically get that companion pass with Southwest, how that can essentially knock out 80% of your cost yeah. right there, uh, your ability to fly. Any, I mean, Southwest, they don't only fly in the U.S., but also up in, what, Canada, some Mexico. Mexican destinations to can't the Caribbean. Get to, can't get to Paris. You like can't Lynn get everywhere. There, but that, that'll, at least for a lot of domestic stuff and for the the best deals on domestic airfare, Southwest is going to be the, yeah. the best way to go. And, 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 and so many subs- less po- you're going to use so many less of the points that you earn yes. when you fly on Southwest than with, with some of the other airlines. Kind of did the math. It's like you're talking about maybe five flights for every right. one Delta flight. And yeah. so how much is flying with Delta? And, and hey, 
we're here in Atlanta, right? So we're like Delta homers here. Yeah. We like Delta. They're a great company. But is it worth five times? Is, is it worth paying five times more effectively in points? Nah. Would you rather take four more flights in addition to that one? Maybe that's what it is that you're looking for. It, ultimately, it comes down to whatever game it is that you're playing. But I really liked her approach specifically focusing on Southwest and figuring that out and then figuring out your destinations from yeah. there. And then, yeah, like you, you you said, filling in the nooks and crannies. Makes With that flexible card? English muffin, how when you spread the, the butter over the top, that butter's <laughs> going to seep into those nooks and crannies. And that's what those other cards are for, the Capital One Venture X and the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Mm-hmm. And so if you just kind of take that three or four card strategy that she's mentioning, you can get a lot of your bases covered and you can travel a lot for free even if you have a family which I think rocks so absolutely we'll link to some of those by the way in the show notes we'll link to our credit card tool as well which can help you see what the best sign up bonuses are on each of these cards although that's right that's not even the only thing worth considering but it is worth considering that at the same time my big takeaway Mm -hmm. though from Lynn was let me hear it she's it was kind of a mindset thing at the very beginning she said my approach is how much can I get for how little and to me that is kind of uh, it's got you written all over (laughs) it (laughs) she's not necessarily (laughs) looking for the cheapest piece of crap which uh, I used to be more in that kind of vein that mentality but she's a valuist and she's saying listen uh, i want to take the same trip or maybe even a better trip than most people get to take but i don't want to spend my cold uh cold hard cash on that trip and i thought it was amazing too she doesn't come from this place where she was already traveling but now she's saving this process enabled her to travel and do things she never thought were were even possible Mm -hmm. so i think that's pretty cool and that should be inspiring to a lot of people out there who are like i too wish i could travel uh, but it doesn't seem like there's any way for me to make that happen and i think her simple strategy can help a lot of people get out there and see the country and even see the world uh while still kind of keeping a pretty good budget and and saving and investing a good bit of their money. Yeah, yeah. you could either drastically cut back on your travel budget and travel just as much as you were before, or you could continue spending how much uh, you have been spending and just see, a t- you know, and, and do and travel a, a lot more. It kind of, again, depends on what your situation is and how much money you're willing to put towards travel. But uh, Joel, let's mention the beer that you and I got to share during this episode. This is another Halfway Crooks beer. And I think the way that you say this is Che DJ. So it literally says that on the side. Okay. It's got like... <laughs> That sounds like it's a, you're supposed to say it as Chase the DJ, but it, so this is an Italian style Pilsner, and it's Chase the DJ. If only we were, oh, it's DJ, like not DJ. Yeah, it's like Chase the DJ. Yeah, like um, almost a DJ. Oh, what does that mean? Uh, I forget. <laughs> so, seize the day. My Spanish know. is rusty, so uh, this is, I guess, in Italian. But yeah, if only we were drinking it on the Amalfi Coast or something like that. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. If, if only we had a way of figuring out how to get there, <laughs> fly there for free. Well, we do. But this is 100 the kind of of beer that I want to be drinking while I'm enjoying a nice pizza, uh, like a Neapolitina style, right? Oh so it's got, you got that brick or not brick oven, but a, but a wood uh, burning oven and they've got the pizza in there. They're rotating it around, maybe a little bit of spice. And because of that, you need just a nice cold but very clean drinking yeah. beer you that's, don't want that's what you get with this in ipa you don't want the like the, the no you massive don't. hot punch to come right after that massive pizza punch you want something a little more dialed back this is exactly that this did have flavor though like it wasn't flavorless like a lot of the macro <laughs> style pilsners this one this had a lot going on unlike the the macro pilsners that most people are just used tastes to like drinking. water yeah um, just like sweat or whatever. Tastes like your uncle uh, <laughs> used to smell, right? And and so this is... Glad you followed that up with uh, <laughs> much, that. Yeah. <laughs> this is much more refined than the traditional Pilsner you're used yeah. to, the macro-produced ones. It's Italian style, so it's kind of got that Euro Pils flavor. I don't know how to describe it. Like, 
Well, maybe I do. Like it, it reminds me of like the fresh garden hose or fresh popping open a fresh can of tennis balls, sort of like that. Maybe that like that slight rubberiness that wine drinkers that you, sometimes you get with like a Riesling. Um, I think that's accurate. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if the if the wine part is accurate, but that sort of rubber element is is totally what I taste. But yeah, I totally agree. This you don't want to drink a super flavorful beer. Like the last thing you want is a barrel aged spicy stout yes. <laughs> or something like that when you're eating a pizza or honestly any food. I, I rarely drink great beers when I'm eating great. I know. Food. Yeah. And if I am, it's, I want it after the fact. It's something really basic. I. I tend to enjoy my beers either before dinner or after yep. after I eat. Yeah, just like you. So it makes a lot of sense. Otherwise, you're losing some of the, the greatness mm-hmm. and the flavor of that beer. Totally. It's agree. getting lost in the food. So. That's right. Yeah. So glad you and I got to enjoy this one. And I'm glad that we got to chat with our friend Lynn Mettler today. We'll make sure to link to not only her site and where you can check out her membership program, the Families Fly Free group. She's got an awesome cohort there, but we'll link to some of the specific cards that we mentioned as well so that you can start along this path of taking advantage of some of the different travel rewards that these cards are offering. Joel, I really do see more travel in our future. I, I think you you do as well. Yeah. And I think a large part of that is going to be because of how it is that Lynn approaches travel. Yeah. I just don't want to pay for it. Right. So <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to think about it too much. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the other half of it. I don't it, want so. to complicate it too much. Well, mm-hmm. and some of the guys, some of the influencers out there definitely do that. Lynn does not. So, all right, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. You can find show notes, links to some of the cards we mentioned, links to Lynn's site. We'll put all that up on the website at howtomoney.com. That's right, buddy. So that's going to be it. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.